Hi. Hello, brothers and sisters. Um, if you've got a Bible, um, you might turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1. If you haven't got a Bible, there are some out the back. Um, but you can listen to my, my lovely accent if you, uh, <laughs> if you want. And if you don't understand it, talk to me afterwards. It's, uh, it's 2 Timothy chapter 1 that we're reading. And I was thinking that in 1 Timothy chapter 4, uh, Paul told Timothy uh, to uh, press ahead with the public reading of his word. And that's what we're doing now. So we're following in the footsteps of Timothy. We're following the footsteps of Paul. We're following the footsteps of Christ, who read publicly from the word of God, aren't we? So 2 Timothy chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, in keeping with the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God, God the Father, and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve, as my ancestors did, with a clear conscience, as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice, and, I am persuaded, now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the Spirit of God, for the Spirit God gave us, does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel, for the power of God, by the power of God, sorry. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Saviour, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And of this gospel, I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. That is why I am suffering as I am. Yet, this is no cause for shame, because I know whom I have believed, and am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. What you heard from me, keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. You know that everyone in the province of Asia has deserted me, including Phygelus and Hermogenes. May the Lord show mercy to the household of Onesephorus, 
because he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. On the, on the contrary, when he was in Rome, he searched hard for me until he found me. May the Lord grant that he will find mercy from the Lord on that day. You know very well in how many ways he helped me in Ephesus. Amen. Shall we, uh, shall we pray and uh, commit this word to the Lord and commit uh, Math and the other teachers to, uh, into his keeping? Lord God, we come before you and it is our desire that we would be still and that we would take deep into our hearts your word that we would be uh, not just hearers, that we don't just hear it in our ears, we don't just hear it in our brains, but we hear it deep in our souls and deep in our hearts, and that your word would speak as you have already planned it to. Um, Lord, we bless you that you've been working with math and with all of the, the, the teachers of the groups who are out at the moment for the, the young people You've been with them and you're, you've been contesting with them in your spirit. You've been leading them. And we bless you that you've brought us to this day. And we do pray for the groups who are, uh, who are not in this room. And we pray for us who are in this room, Lord, that your blessing would be on the leaders and that your blessing would be on us through your word as you have promised. Hallelujah, Lord. Amen. And over to Math now. Good morning, everyone. Like I said before, it's great to have uh, the different accents, read God's word, and celebrate that. And today, as we have food from around the world, just celebrating different foods and cultures and I didn't have breakfast this morning so walking into the kitchen was even hit, hit my stomach deep so looking forward to that uh, a bit later <coughs> even with my accent I know she I know she she'd be why me telling you but even Deborah came up to me and said about two weeks ago pastor I've got a problem I can't understand your accent <laughs> <laughs> so uh maybe we'll pray for someone with a gift of interpretation for Deborah to <laughs> share with it but the bible verse still shared uh, to the kids and the youth first timothy chapter 4 verse 12 was actually the first bible verse i ever memorized as when i became a christian when i was 18 i just found myself in in situations and in places um where and almost i'd been given a gift to help teach and encourage and direct other people who were older than me with god's word uh, which I felt massively out of my depth with, and I still very much do feel my, out of my depth. And, and so First Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, uh, don't, look any, down, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, but be an example in your faith, your love, and your purity. That really helped me figure out how God had given me certain gifts to serve his church, um, uh, and also to help those older and younger than me. And this week I'm going to be uh, 37 years old and I'm nearly completely grey. Uh, 
but there are times in my life where I still feel very young or underqualified. And even last week in the cafe, a woman in her 70s found out I was a pastor, and she said, you pastors are like doctors, getting younger and younger. <laughs> and so, uh, but then I, I, I say to her sometimes, I said to her and I say to other people, I almost like, well, I'm, at least I can now say I'm a few years older than Jesus was before he died. So, um, but what I do and how I serve God and, and the gifts that God uh, has given me is, is sometimes things that I don't want, sometimes things I'd rather have different gifts or different roles or responsibilities. But I want to serve God. I want to love God and I want to do whatever he wants me to do. And so today we'll hear how, in part, how we all have a role to play. If you have the Spirit of God, then you've got a gift and you've got a, you've got, you are a body part and God wants you to be part of his body. And so that's what we're going to look at today. And so if you have your Bibles, I have got the verse on the screen today just to help. But if you have your Bibles, it's really good to just be reading the word whilst we go through it as God speaks to us. But here's what uh, God's word says. It says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, in keeping with the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank, I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recall in your tears I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. And Paul wrote these words which we believe as Christians were inspired by God. So these were words given uh, by God to Paul and inspired, confirmed by the Holy Spirit. So we believe that these are the words of God, that the Bible is the word of God today to Timothy, who is known as one of his spiritual sons, like an apprentice, like we saw in the video. He spent a lot of time with, with Paul. And so he wasn't his physical father, but he was almost like a spiritual father. Uh, and this is... Paul's final letter, so in the New Testament there's lots of short letters that we're going through, and although it's not in order, this is one of Paul's final, uh, this is Paul's final letter that we know of before he gets executed. So he's been in prison quite a few times, this is the last time before he gets executed, and he's writing this again from a prison, and they believe that this actually is where Paul wrote his letter from is called the Marmitine Prison in Rome uh, today. It's not 100%, but they believe this could be the one or very similar to the one which Paul wrote this letter in today. And one commentator writes, it's really just a cold dungeon, a cave in the ground with bare walls and a little hole in the ceiling where food could be dropped from. There are no windows, it's just a cold little cell which would have been terrible in winter. And that, that gives perspective, isn't it? Of like, you know, when you read God's word, you kind of think, oh, maybe Paul was overlooking a beautiful sea or a sunset or just a forest being inspired by the creation of God. But this was his picture. Like, this was his... Outlook, but even in this dark 
difficult place, Paul seemed to have a prayer list that he went through each day. Like that, wouldn't you have loved to be on Paul's prayer list? Like each day he'd be praying for people and he would write letters to encourage and direct and discipline uh, Christians and other churches. He would meditate on scripture where he didn't, if he didn't have it, he would meditate it from his memory and chew over that. And he would worship in his chains. So we hear stories about him worshiping God with his chains. And uh, if you didn't like Jesus, you didn't want to be Paul's guard because he was sharing the gospel with his guards, with the, with the prison officers with him. So even here, Paul could use his different spiritual gifts, if you want to say, to serve God, the church, and to share the gospel. Uh, and I just felt for some people here, you're, you're not in a place where you want to be. You're not in a place where you want to be. You're maybe in a limited place, in a difficult place, like I said earlier, maybe in a painful place, a limited place, and you kind of think, oh, if only I was do, if only I was better, I could be doing this. Or if only I was there, then I could be doing this. Or if only this wasn't in my life, then I could be serving God with these gifts. And if you're in that place, I just want to say to you, like, what can you do with prayer and a pen? Like, what can you do with prayer and a pen? Because Paul penned most of the New Testament through prayer and a pen whilst being in a place like this. And so I want to encourage you, like, what, who can you pray for in your difficult place? Or who can you encourage? Who can you call and text or phone in your difficult place? Because even though you might not want to be there, like, don't, don't let that limit you. Don't let that say, oh, God can't use me, or I can't serve God. Do you know when you ever get a message from someone who says, I've been praying for you, and God has given me this verse? Or I've been praying for you, and God has said it. Put your hands up if that encourages you, yeah? If you get one of those. That, that massively encourages you, isn't it? When, you, when, when God is, someone's interceding on your behalf, and God reveals something and says, Share this with this person. Send this verse to that person. So you, all you might need, all you might be right now, is a prayer and a pen. But look what Paul did. Like, look what Paul did. So don't, don't limit yourself. Don't think, I can't be used or I'm not part of the body. If you've got prayer and a pen, then you can be part of this. You can encourage and build one another and intercede for others on their behalf. Uh, and, and verse 5 actually stood out to me this week. Some verses, do you when you read in the Bible, some verses just really stand out to you and you're kind of not sure what that means or you want to find out more. And verse 5 stood out to me this week where it says, I am reminded of your sincere faith which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice and I am persuaded now lives in you. There's two reasons that it stood out for me today. Uh, generational faith, which I'm going to ask people to pray, uh, stand and pray for right uh, soon. Generational faith. But number two, like, where's the men in Timothy's life? Like, look at verse five. It says his grandmother and his mother. Like, where's the men in Timothy's life? Where's the dad? Where's the brothers? Where's the grandfather? Where's the men in Timothy's life? And the book of Acts, uh, 
is almost like this story of the, the, the New Testament of the church and how it operated. And in the book of Acts, a lot of these letters pop out from the, the story of the book of Acts if, over those uh, 20 odd chapters. And in, so in, in Acts 6.15, it talks about Paul meeting a young man called Timothy. So Timothy is almost pops out of Acts 16. And in, in, in Acts 16, he's described as having a mother who believed but his father was Greek. And so Timothy's mother and grandmother told and showed him faith in Jesus. But his father, as far as we, can, as we know, wasn't a Christian or wasn't a Christian yet or didn't believe. And in the Roman world, uh, fathers had absolute authority over the family. They had absolute authority over the family. And so since Ta Timothy's father was not a Christian, his home situation could have been very difficult. Very difficult for his mother, for his gran. Uh, and especially then, as, as we saw in the video, as Timothy did so much traveling with Paul, and especially as, as Paul said, like, I'm your spiritual father, or like my spiritual son. You can see how that relationship could have been difficult or tough. And 2 Corinthians 6 verse 14, uh, it talks about relationships and it says, do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? And God, want, God wants people to be uh, mature in Christ uh, and then and then marry someone who, who else is mature in Christ because marriage is tough. I've been married for 13 years. Check it back, I think it's 13 years. 13 years. Uh, and we were both uh, single, just following God for about four years I was before meeting Becky, trying to be mature in Christ. But marriage is tough. It's a spiritual battle. And so this is... It's tough, but sometimes um, the, a wife or a husband can come to faith when they're already married and so their spouse is not a Christian. Or sometimes people uh, ignore this biblical wisdom and marry a non-Christian or an immature Christian and then find uh, marriage more difficult later. But I just want to say to people here, if you're in a situation with an unbelieving spouse... Of course, pray for them. Continue to pray for them. Love them. Show them Jesus. Get other people to pray for them and do that. But also, especially if you have children, don't stop praying or sharing or showing Jesus to your kids. Don't think that's it. Like, they'll never follow Jesus because their dad or their mother doesn't. Don't write them off. Don't say that over their life. Don't lose hope for your kids or think your example or your prayers won't work. Don't, don't speak that over them. Because if you need evidence, look at Timothy. If you need evidence, look at Timothy. Like it's talking about his gran and his mother and he became a great church leader because of the influence of his gran and his mother. So don't write, pray for your spouse, your husband or your wife. Continue to love 
and share Jesus with them. But don't write your kids off. Don't write your kids off. Don't think that your example or your prayers won't work. And even if they're in a different situation right now, keep praying. Keep showing Jesus. Don't write them off. Don't write yourself off. But also the other part as well, generational faith. It talks, doesn't it, about the gran and the mother and now Timothy. But I also want to just, I just like, one, even one minute, just get people to stand and pray. But also, because I want to pray for people today and your family tree, your generational faith. So if your parents, so if, if your parents or children or your grandchildren aren't following Jesus, in a moment I'm going to ask you to just stand on their behalf and we're going to pray for them uh, this morning. This is Becky's uh, family tree uh, through the generations. So her, gran, her grandparents, Danny and Mary, live up by the Isle of Skye and they're in their 90s and they're, uh, still, they've been following Jesus for probably 70 years. Sheila, Becky's mother, has been following Jesus for 50 years. Becky's been following Jesus for 20 years. And that's actually Yayan and that's Lewis. <laughs> So that's, that's an old photo that they're living up in the Isle of Skye. And isn't that a great picture to see, like, the, just like the spiritual family tree, isn't it? To just to see that uh, and see the faithfulness of God. But maybe you're looking at that photo right now and thinking, actually, if it was a spiritual family photo, that person would be missing. Or my father would be missing or my son or my daughter right now would be missing. And I'd say most families would say that. And so don't, don't like kind of beat yourself up about that. Don't think you've done anything wrong. But if you want to stand on their behalf right now, I'm going to pray for them. So if you've got a, if you've got a daughter or a son or a father or a mother or a gran or a granddaughter, we're going to call on behalf of the of the loving God on them right now, let's call on their behalf. And and if you if you're not standing, you pray for that person next to you. Put an arm on that person next to you and say, "I'm standing with you in this. I'm praying for you." Let's just bring these people for, before the Lord. Father, we thank you that you love our families, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, that you love us and you died for us. And that you can change our stories, Lord. You can change our eternities, Lord. We, Lord, we stand here saying, Lord, we were once in darkness. We once used your name as a swear word. We, we were ashamed or didn't want to know you. And that you loved us and you graced us. And we can be known as children of God. And look forward to, to seeing you face to face. But Father, we call on behalf of the families here, Lord. We call on behalf of the generations, Lord. Lord, whether it's grandparents or parents or children, we just stand on their behalf now. Jesus, you see us. Will you touch their hearts, Lord? Lord, the stories, Lord, these people may know the gospel completely, may be prayed for years, maybe even prayed a prayer or followed you some time but walked away. We call on their behalf. Heavenly Father, will you touch their hearts? Lord, will you, will you claim this household? 
Clean this house, O Lord, from generation to generation. Don't let it skip a generation, Lord, we pray. Don't let the enemy stop a generation, Lord. Lord, claim your family. Claim this family tree, this family tree where people are standing up. We, we ask you to claim the family tree so these people will become part of your family. Hear us, Lord. Hear us standing, asking you to do this. Wherever these people are right now, touch their hearts. Even right now, whether they're sleeping, watching TV, or waking up from a hangover, or wherever they are, touch their hearts. Jesus, speak to them now. In Jesus' name. Amen, Lord. Amen. 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 The verse also then goes on to just to chapter 6 and it says it talks about spiritual gifts and it says for this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid but gives us power, love and self-discipline and I just want to ask you just from reading that like what spiritual or supernatural, if that's a better word for you to understand. Because sometimes we think spiritual, or I need to be reach a certain spiritual level. But what's supernatural? So this was given by God. What spiritual or supernatural gift has God given you for his church and for his gospel? Like what gift has God given you for his church and for his gospel? This is a list from uh, four New Testament books of the different spiritual gifts. Some of them are in every gift. Uh, so, sorry, some of them in, in different. There's more than they're in. There's, like for instance, prophecy is in three of those books. So some of them are just once there. Some of them are in a few times. But these are the spiritual gifts that God has given His church to love one another, to be His church, to to share one another, to, to bring his word to one another. But also, like Jesus did, he collected a body together, he, he collected followers together, but also to love the world, to share the gospel, to bring people from darkness into light. And if you are born again, so if you have God, God's spirit in you, then that spirit is many things, and it almost does many things. It could be a seal of your eternity. So like this is a seal of me knowing I'm going to be with Jesus forever. Uh, it's to make you more like Christ, to, to sanctify you, to give you, you know, to do heart surgery on you. So you, you don't have a love for sin, but you have a love for those things of God. And so the Spirit works in us in that. But it's also one of the things is almost, is evidence that you have a spiritual or supernatural gift, or maybe more than one. God gives all people with his spirit. Uh, he wants all of us to be part of his body, different body parts, and so he gives people gifts in order to serve one another, in order to love one another. And it's supernatural because you weren't born with it. It's supposed to be supernatural so because you weren't born with it. Like, for instance, 
Um, sorry, so you may have been born with many natural gifts, which of course every gift is a gift from God. So whether you can speak, run, dance, travel, sorry, I'm just thinking of sports, but whatever natural gift you have is a gift from God. And so of course we can use those gifts, those natural gifts to serve him, but spiritual gifts are different because they are supernatural. Like you weren't born with them. Like he's given you something for his body to, to love his body. Like for instance, for myself, genuinely, if my RE teacher came to this church, like he would, I think he'd have to walk out. <laughs> like to see me in this place, like me and him, he was the RE teacher, me and him genuinely nearly had a fight one day in his class. Like when I was 16, like I, I hated RE, I hated him, he hated me. The feeling was mutual completely. So t- for me then to be in a place there where I really don't want to be is just a supernatural movement of God in my life. And so this is how I serve him. So I wasn't born with this natural uh, ability. Like God did something in my heart. But the difference between natural and supernatural, for instance, I may have a natural ability to play the drums. I, I, I think I'm pretty good on the... Do you know what they call a hand drumming? I think I'm pretty good at that. I'm never tested it, but I may have a, a natural ability to play the drums. But is playing the drums a spiritual gift? No, it's not. It's not a spiritual gift. Can I use my drum playing to serve God? Yes, I can. Definitely. And yes, I could maybe see my spiritual gift as the gift, gift of service. So I'm going to play the gift of drums through my gift of service. But don't limit it to that. Because you, you may have a gift of evangel- I may have a gift of evangelism. I may have a gift of tongues or mercy. And that's why it's supernatural. So God wants us to serve God in our natural gifts. But he's given us supernatural gifts to say, look, this isn't, this isn't yours. Like, you didn't make this happen. Like, I gave this to you. And think about it, if we only serve one another through our natural gifts, then any religion can do that. Any charity can do that. Because God has given all people natural gifts. But he's given us supernatural gifts. Almost things that we don't want or things I feel uncomfortable with. Because he, he wants us to step out in faith and serve God with these supernatural gifts. And supernatural gifts, the great thing about supernatural gifts, we get caught up on the gift side of things, don't we? And the spiritual gifts. We think, oh, I'm really spiritual and I'm really gifted. Like, that doesn't work with, with the church. That doesn't work with God's design. Because spiritual gifts, they only work when you give them to other people. They only work when you give them to other people. You can't open them yourself. Like it's not like, oh I've, got the, oh, I've got the gift of mercy. Oh, brilliant. Thank you. No, it doesn't work like that. They only work when you give them to someone else and let them unwrap it. That's how it works. That is how it works. So if you have the gift of encouragement... I'll point out, I think, I think Keith has got the gift of encouragement, right? I, I recognise that. 
So I think Keith has got a gift of encouragement. But gift, Keith hasn't got that gift that God has given him to encourage himself. Like, Keith, you're a great guy. <laughs> Keith, you're a great golfer, even though it's not true. <laughs> you can see I haven't got a gift. <laughs> but Keith hasn't got that gift of encouragement to encourage himself. He needs other people to encourage him. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But God has given him the gift of encouragement to encourage Vicky, to encourage Dragos, to encourage David Davis. That is why God has given him the gift of encouragement to use it and give to others for them to open the gift. For them to open the gift, for them to be encouraged. And also other people will then give the gift to Keith in different ways to encourage him and to let them do that. And so if you've got that gift and you're not encouraging others, then you're not using your gift. You're not serving God how he wants you to do. And so if you think, oh, I need a bit of a time out, or I'm going through a difficult time, which we all do that, God is still giving you a gift. He's still giving you gifts to serve his church. And you've got, so if you have God's spirit, then you have a gift. And you may have more than one gift. Uh, one author said, wrote about the Apostle Paul had at least nine gifts from what we know of, um, of, of the, the readings of Scripture. And again, that's not to say, or even though, to be fair, Paul was really spiritual and really was gifted. So it's not, but that's not to say, oh, Paul, but that's just to say he was used in different ways to serve his church, to love his church and your gifts may be different to what they were 10 years ago i found that i found my gifts change in different situations and so they may be different and so you might be getting frustrated right now thinking oh i'm not i'm not going to use my gift but actually it just may be different you may be in a different season or a different situation but god still has given you gifts and wants to use you for, it, for his kingdom. And so if you need prayer this morning, we're going to have food later, so we've got plenty of time. If you need prayer to kind of, maybe this is new to you, and you're thinking, man, I've never seen this list before. I don't know what that means. Maybe you just need prayer to, for, to, to know what your gift is. Or if you don't know, ask someone who knows you, and they're pretty good at saying, I think you might have this. Or, or speak to one of us elders and we can pray for you with that. Or maybe this morning you need prayer to actually stir up your gift. Maybe you've become lazy. Maybe you're just kind of happy to see other people do it. And you're like, ah, as long as I can, I come. Like, I'm okay. Again, like, God's way is different. Like, if there's a body, like, he wants us all involved. And the Greek word... The, the New Testament was written in Greek, and uh, the Greek word for stirring up, anazopirio. Deborah, was that okay? Thanks. You can understand, maybe I should just speak in Greek all the time. There we go then. But th- this means stir up, or, or kindle afresh, or keep the flame in full light. So that's what he's saying. Like, stir it up. Like, get, make sure your flame doesn't go out. Keep this flame going. 
And when we come to faith, I've heard it described before, when we come to faith, our hearts are like almost black pieces of coal that come on fire. So when we come to faith in Jesus, when we become born again, our hearts can be dark and cold, and then they come on fire. They kind of have a bit of light. The smouldering comes on, and it catches fire. And that coal, our heart, then it lights and grows and glows warmer when we're part of a small fire, a local church. I think of a coal fire. When it's with other coals and you're with each other, it grows, doesn't it? It gets warmer, it glows. And that's what the local church is, is that our hearts are together and it grows and glows and gets warmer. But then if we drift away or if we kind of disconnect or if we just kind of part of it when it suits us and what happens when you put a piece of coal over the fire it starts going cold doesn't it it starts kind of smoking like holding on for life and that's what we, that's what happens when we do that that's what happens as christians our heart can get colder and darker and kind of and colder and lose it and maybe you're in that place right right now and if that's it, like, I'd love to pray for you for your heart to get stirred up again. Like, stirred up again. Stirred up with, with fire. Stirred up to serve God. Uh, and also, like, just because we're gifted as well, doesn't mean, like, this happens straight away. For me, I felt I, I was called from an early age, but it took 10 years for some of these gifts to operate in my life, so... We need maturity and we need wisdom and you need to, to speak to people. And sometimes it's, we allow certain gifts to happen. Sometimes it's or not yet. But other times we're like, well, actually, you need to sort some other stuff out first. I kept on speaking to a guy who said, oh, I've got the gift of a pastor and I'm going to be a preacher and, and all these things. And he, he came to church about once every three months. I was like... I don't know a church that's open once in three months. So like, I, I don't know how that's going to work out. And I just encourage him, look, that might be a gift in. Like, it may be. But right now, I can't see it because I can't see your love for the church. And so I just encourage him, do the basic things. Just be part of the family. Learn, serve people, love people, spend time with people. So I wasn't saying to him that definitely wasn't the gift. I was just saying... Look, you just need to learn to love people if that's the gift you've got. So it's a, not, it's, it's a not yet because you need to love people. Otherwise, that gift will die with you. It will die with you and it will never happen because we didn't learn to love and serve one another. So if you want prayer today for these gifts, or maybe you think, yeah, I'm just dry, I'm in a dry place, or I'm quite happy being a passenger. Like, if you have God's spirit, he has given you gifts to serve his church. They may be different from 10 years ago. You may just have one. And if you have one, like, that's okay. We need that one. You may have five. And if you have, then that's okay. It might be, it's all about serving and loving one another. And finally, I'm just skipping some verses out because... Uh, Matt shared about them last week, about through suffering and being unashamed of the gospel, which some of those verses says. But, but verse 9 says, He has saved us 
and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Saviour, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. That's a great verse, isn't it? Some verses are meant to be on your fridge, aren't they? <laughs> Just to encourage you and to, to lift you up. But look, this has been, this grace was given us in Christ Jesus, is being revealed to us, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And all of us here who know Jesus, we can all say it's by God's grace, isn't it? We all say this is by God's grace, a work of his spirit. And so for us, it's true and we love it. And so that's why we want everyone else, don't we? We want everyone else to know God's love and his grace and his compassion. We all know that, don't we? We want that. But also, another thing that drives us is because of the immortality bit. We believe in eternity and the Bible tells us about heaven and hell, about eternity with Jesus and about eternity without Jesus. And so we want people to know the grace and the love and the compassion of God, but also the thing that drives us as well is this life is temporary and eternity is eternal, isn't it? And that's what, that's what drives us. And even, even as we think of Easter, um, I should have said as well, like quite a few of these are to be confirmed. Oh, that's even short, smaller. <laughs> But some of these things are to be confirmed, but I just felt I'd love to try different things over this Easter. I heard someone say about, about when um, Jesus calls you to be fishers of men, like what do you do with, with fish? You try different bait. So you try different bait to see what catches. And so we want a variety of bait. Ultimately, the bait is the gospel. We want, we want to use different baits or hooks to see what people... Um, would come to to hear the gospel but this is what we're going to try and do and pray for this uh, we just want to just a, a week of evangelism if you want to say or events to really kind of share Jesus and with the hope that our friends our family our neighbors will come we want to leaflet the area um, but also if you look at the 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 flyer part there but come and, and, and look at for the answer the most important question in the world who is Jesus? And if you do that and just leave that part, people will be like, oh, I don't really care about Jesus or it's good that you've got it. That's okay. As long as if you have a happy life, I have a happy life, then crack on. But then it says this, your answer not only affects your life now, but also your eternity. Like your answer not only affects life now, but also your eternity. And that is one reason why we share, isn't it? Because we believe in eternity. And people aren't going to like that bit. But that, what we heard last week, like, will we suffer for the gospel? Like, will we be willing to share the full gospel, not just the love part and the grace part, but actually, guys, like, this will affect your eternity. Like, this will. And some people aren't going to like that. Some people... And we're almost tempted, oh, let's not, take, let's not talk about that bit. But that's what people have got to realise, isn't it? 
Like this is affecting eternity. This is this is temporary, and this is affects our eternity. So please pray for these events over Easter as we as we leaflet the area, that people will realise that, realise their need for Jesus. We want the grace and the love and the compassion, but a realisation that this is temporary, and this life is temporary. And finally, before the, the, the guys come up with a closing song, it talks about this in verse 13. What you heard from me, keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the, the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Guard this good deposit that is entrusted to you and guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit. We're going to sing that the song, the blessing, as we, as we prayed for generations today. We're going to pray that over, again, over our families, over our generations, but to guard these things in our hearts. Like I said, if you'd like prayer for spiritual gifts, if you'd like prayer for uh, your family or your situation, then we've got plenty of time today after the service with food. Let's pray for one another. Let's, let's speak into one another's life. If you're in a limited situation this morning in your life and you'd rather be in a different place, but you'd like prayer, even if you've just got prayer and a pen, then we'd love to pray for you. But also pray for our neighbours as we come into this Easter season and our family members who don't know Jesus. We want them to know this grace, don't we? This love that also we have. So the guys are going to come up now and lead us in this final song. But Father, we just pray again over our generations that you will hear this song and we pray on their behalf for generation to generation, Lord. Lord, we just pray, Lord, as we come into this Easter season, Lord, and as the weather changes, we just pray for this area of Thornhill, Lord. Lord, you've made our hearts, you've made our black, dark, dark hearts come alive in you and give us light. We pray for hearts in this area. Lord, that this Easter they will come to know you. That this Easter prodigals will come back to you. That this Easter, Lord, people will hear from you for the first time. Lord, help us be bold, Lord. Help us be bold in, in inviting and in sharing your gospel, whether we get friends or enemies, Lord. Help us be faithful to your word and to your truth. Yeah, help us be ambassadors of Christ, Lord, and know what that, that looks like and what to do in our different work situations, in our different family situations. But Lord, also help us not neglect prayer. If all we've got is prayer and a pen, Lord, you can use that for your glory. It, all, if all we can do is intercede for be, people, that's a beautiful thing that can bring your encouragement and your word. And Father, we pray for us as a church family, this local church. Lord, we pray, Lord, that we will be a church of body members, Lord. That, Lord, your spiritual gifts, your supernatural gifts will operate in this church to serve you. To serve your body and to share your gospel to those who don't know you, Lord. You are the head of this church. We just want to be a complete body that is your hands and your feet. 
your heart and your lungs and to serve you. In Jesus' name, Lord. Amen, Lord.